O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, October 25th, 2021. Stand up for your country. I have a rather unusual analysis about Joe Biden and America tonight. And I'm looking forward to giving it to you. And then I'm looking forward to hear what your reaction is to me. Because I guarantee you, you've never heard this kind of analysis any, anywhere before. I give you a little hint in the message of the day, and I hope you all check in every morning with BillOReilly.com. The message of the day is there, posted fairly early, um, and that kind of sets the tone for the day. So uh, President Biden went to New Jersey today because uh, Governor Phil Murphy is having a hard time. And uh, it's six-point difference now, down to, from double digits. Murphy, very liberal guy, kind of arrogant. You know, if you don't like the high taxes in New Jersey and all the regulations, go somewhere else. Well, people go, we don't want to go anywhere else, but we don't like the high taxes, so we're going to get rid of you. Now, I don't think Murphy will lose, unlike McAuliffe in Virginia. I think McAuliffe's going to lose in Virginia. I don't think Murphy's going to lose in New Jersey. The deck is really stacked in his favor. All the urban centers in New Jersey, like Newark, are, are really, really pro-Democrat at this point. Why? I don't know. They're all devastated, but they are. And uh, the rural people in New Jersey will all vote Republican, but they're not enough. However, Obama went to New Jersey to prop up Phil, and now uh, President uh, Biden is there as well. And he didn't really do anything, President Biden. He just... Build back better. And Biden himself is bad poll numbers, so I don't even know. You know, I guess this is to rally the uh, Democrats, because uh, the Democrats still like Biden, according to polls, um, but the independents have gone, wiped out. They're, they don't like it. So I guess that's what it is to stimulate the Democrat vote in Virginia and in New Jersey. So let's get to the uh, facts. Um, this is a Gallup situation. Gallup says that uh, Mr. Biden's popularity, personal and job approval, is plummeting faster than any other president since World War II. Harry Truman would be second. Truman had a lot of trouble taking over for FDR when Roosevelt died. So from July to October, um, Joe Biden's dropped 12 points in favorability. That colossal drop. Started in Afghanistan, border, economy, all of that. And, and it's going to continue. It's not going to magically turn around. And we'll prove that tonight. So um, even Jimmy Carter, whose rating fell by nine points in the same period of time, uh, pulled better than Joe Biden. And Carter was an absolute disaster for the entire country for four years. Um, now, Donald Trump had a lower approval rating in his first nine months in office, but he, he wasn't falling. That's, that's the Gallup poll. He's falling, Biden. Um, 538, it's a political outfit. Uh, they say uh, that Biden is at a new low in uh, the average of approval polls. I, the numbers don't really matter. I'll give you Rasmussen because you do that every day. 43% of likely U.S. voters approve, 56 disapprove. That kind of just fluctuates from 41 to 43, from 56 to 58. But I mark my words, by Thanksgiving, Biden's going to be in the 30s, approval. You write it right down. O'Reilly said on October, what is it, 
25th. By Thanksgiving, Biden's down in the 30s. He will be. Uh, Okay. Now, here is my controversial analysis. Joe Biden had to happen. Had to happen. He had to defeat Donald Trump. Why? Because this country, I believe, has a destiny. Now, I believe that it's spiritual-based. I believe the one nation under God thing. I believe that. And that our rights are handed down from a supreme being. Our rights of freedom. I believe. You don't have to believe that. I mean, you're an American, believe whatever you want. But if you understand history as I do, and remember, I am the best-selling history author in history. Nobody writing history has sold more books than I have. So just remember that. Not bragging, just reporting credibility goes to credibility. So in this country, there have been three times before where the nation was at the cliff, about to fall off. Civil War, number one. Hatred was unbelievable. And violence, and you saw what happened. In that four-year war, about a million people dead, civilians and military, and 10 million were impacted physically and mentally. I mean, it was just an unbelievable occurrence. Then the Great Depression. All right, so from the Civil War to Great Depression, we kind of meandered along here in this country. The Great Depression, what led up to that was irresponsible living, irresponsible spending, investing, drinking, all of that, the Roaring Twenties, totally irresponsible. Okay, whole country went to hell. Why? Maybe it was relief after World War I, after the pandemic in 1918. I don't know why. I'm not a sociologist. But the Roaring Twenties led to the Great Depression. And then massive poverty descended on the country. Okay, the pain was incredible. Those of you who are baby boomers, you know what your parents went through. I know what my parents went through. And they never got over it. The Great Depression never got over it. That's how bad it was. And there were no safety nets. It was like, you don't have food, you don't have food. You stand on a line, we'll give you some bread. Can you imagine that happening in America today? There'd be an insurrection, a physical insurrection. And a third time was Vietnam when I was in college. And that war tore the country apart and led to an amazing amount of change in the USA. Some of it good, some of it bad. A lot of it uh, resonates today. All right, so we have those three cataclysmic events that just ripped the country up. They were the worst. Now, in this age, the war on terror united the country in 2001. And we all saw that the jihadists, the Muslim fanatics, would kill us if they could. Brought us together. And we fought it. And that's my next book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War on Terrorism. I'll be out next year. Okay. But then along the way, the social fabric began to fray in this country. And a permissive wave started to change 
the way we thought about our own country, America. And that wave grew because the media, for the first time in history, became corrupt. And money overrode honest reportage. And Americans were denied the truth by these colossal corporations, Disney, Comcast, all of these, and the social media, Facebook, Google, all of those. The combination wiped out a lot of traditional American thought and led to the rise of the socialists led by Bernie Sanders and what I call the progressive permissives led by Hollywood and the corporate media, where everything's okay. You want to be a drug addict? You go ahead. We'll pay you all day long to take drugs. You want to commit a crime? We won't put you in jail. No, we're not going to do that. I mean, there's an insurrection in San Francisco right now where prosecutors are quitting because the district attorney won't put anybody in jail, won't charge anybody. And he's the son of radicals in the 60s, this guy in San Francisco. That's why I say it so resonates today. So anyway, this socialism, America's bad, uh, capitalizing on race, hatred to change everything, this came fast. And it came fast in the Trump administration. But Trump didn't have anything to do with it. He just got hit in the face with it. Trump governed in a traditional way. He wasn't trying to change society or anything like that. He was trying to forge deals that would benefit working Americans. That was his overarch. Still is today. But that wave of permissiveness from the progressives was enabled by the press. And you see it, you know it. New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, all the networks. That's what they do. Then they latch onto the race to hammer home. America's a terrible country. It always has been. It's founded on white supremacy. We've got to blow it all on up. And that brings us to today, Monday, the 25th of October. So that wave is starting to recede because of the incompetence of Joe Biden. So people who were not actively fighting the wave now are starting to say, maybe we don't like this. Critical race theory, okay? Socialist policies, sky-high spending and taxation. This isn't helping. These are the people in the middle, the independents. They're taking a look at it, and they're not liking what they see because it's hurting them. It's hurting all of us. But people respond to politicians when they get hurt. And Biden is hurting everyone. And there's no two sides to that story. You can put on a TV and listen to that blather if you want, but no sane person thinks Joe Biden's doing a good job. No one. Zero. I mean, they hated Trump, but... Trump had a cadre of 70 million people who thought he was performing well. Biden didn't have any of that. Okay, so that's why I say the United States needed Biden to be elected, to take office, so that there would be a great awakening to what the threat from the far left is.
and the corruption of the corporate media, which is, I can't even tell you, I know these people. What they are doing is insidious. And I'm going to prove it. Okay. So let's start with the latest disaster, and that is the town hall that featured President Biden on CNN last Thursday. So I wrote a column. It's on BillOReilly.com. Again, my columns are posted Sunday at noon. Everybody can read them. The column is entitled Protecting Joe. I hope you read it. All right, because it's a walkthrough of how that all went down on Thursday. So it was a disaster by every measure. Biden looked befuddled. He couldn't answer any questions. Only 1.3 million Americans watched. Can you imagine this? There are 121 million homes in the United States that have TV. 121 million homes. And only 1.3 million people watched Biden after a massive amount of marketing by CNN. That's less than 1% of people who could have watched him tuned in. I've never seen anything like it. Now, that alone tells you what Americans think about their commander-in-chief right now. So why, what happened there? What, what, and I, there's two examples that I want to give you because you've heard this. I mean, the story is now Monday. That was Thursday. But there are two I want to hone in. Short. And then I'll play you a media thing. The first one is Anderson Cooper. Now, Cooper was in the tank, which means that Cooper knew that he had to get Biden out of any tough spot that the people in the town hall, all liberal, okay, and whose questions were submitted in advance, so Biden knew what was coming. But in case Biden faulted, Cooper's job was to get him out of the situation. Now, Cooper knows where he is. He knows his credibility is shot, but he's making about $10 million. So he made his decision. He had to ask about the southern border, but that did not come until 45 minutes in. Roll the tape. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before, and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down, but... The, but, but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by, uh, by hurricanes and floods and, and weather and, tra- and traveling around the world. That's just bull. That's not true. Um, we give a schedule every day. On most days, Mr. Biden does nothing and have anything on a schedule. And he goes to Rehoboth, Delaware, almost every weekend, spend a lot of time on the beach at his house. He doesn't have time to whip down to the border on a day trip. Come on. As Joe would say, come on, man. It's your job. Border is ridiculous. So when people hear that, even the dumbest people in America, they go, doesn't have time? Second. Thomas Jefferson. Roll it. Uh, New York City is removing a statue of Thomas Jefferson from its legislative chamber 
because of Jefferson's history as a slave uh, slaveholder. Um, do you support that decision? Well, I think that's up to the locality to decide what they want to do on that. Look, um, there's there's a lot of there, there's a lot of people who have no social redeeming value historically, and there's others who have made serious mistakes in day in, 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 in terms of. What, it, what, what exists now in terms of what we should be talking about, but have done an awful lot. As is gibberish. It's just gibberish, what he just said. What he meant to say was there are people who made mistakes in the past, Thomas Jefferson being one of them, all right, but who have done so much for the country that you don't banish him because he held slaves. That's what Biden was trying to say, but he couldn't say it because that would go against the progressive orthodoxy. So what he did say made no sense at all. It was gibberish, as was about 70% of what he said in the entire 90-minute town hall. Gibberish. Okay. So after Biden's tremendous failure in that program, then you go to the corporate media. Now, Paul Begala is a fanatical Democrat, why anybody would ever have him on television. Keep in mind this. When I was on The Factor for more than 20 years, I never used ideologues. They never appeared on my program. The only one that came close was Juan Williams. And I would put on Juan, but every time we put him on, I would discuss the situation with him through my producers. And basically the message was, Juan, if you read the talking points that are sent to you by the Democrats, you'll never come on this program again. Because Juan gets talking points every day. Now, if you watch Juan, he just spits them out at you. So what good is that? And on the right, they do the same thing. All right, so here's media reaction to Biden. Yeah, I think he showed, uh, he, was, he was commanding and yet comfortable. This is not a presidency in crisis. This didn't look like a guy whose poll numbers have dropped, which they have. Mm. Um, he was, there's this right-wing myth that, oh, he's just kind of out of it and he's not really running things. That shattered tonight. It was just pathetic. And what did we have? We had Anderson Cooper not acting as a reporter or a moderator. He was the lifeguard throwing a, a life ring each and every time that Joe Biden started to ramble off. I mean, it was pathetic. OK. Um, so, again, when you have that kind of an exposition on television, few people watched, as I pointed out. However, the clips go all over the Internet, all over social media. That's what happens now. So I don't watch Saturday Night Live, OK? I'm not going to stay up to one in the morning and sit through a million commercials to watch that program. But I'll watch the clips the next day because some of them are witty and good. I'll watch them. I'll watch the show. So that's what happened to the town hall. The clips went out and people saw Joe Biden making no sense whatsoever. All right. So then the question becomes, what's wrong with him? What is wrong with the president? Is he in cognitive decline? I put together this montage for you. No, uh, here's the deal. But look, here's, here's the deal, guys. But here's the deal. Now, here's the deal, though. Because you don't have to... Look, here's the deal. But here's the deal. But here's the deal. But here's the deal. 
But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, really, you know? I could have gone on another 30 seconds with it. So if you're saying the same words over and over and over and over and over, don't you know that? Don't you know it? He doesn't know it. Doesn't prove anything, but it's interesting. All right, so more pain on the way. As I said, I, I'm predicting that Biden's poll numbers drop into the 30s. That pain will come in a variety of forms. The first is energy costs. So right now, the average price for a uh, gallon of gas regular is up 13 cents, 13 cents in the past two weeks. All right. Now, this is not a summer driving season. You know, it's just up and nobody really knows why. $3.44 a gallon average in the country. Okay. That's $1.22 a gallon higher than it was a year ago when Trump was in office. $1.22, it's gone up. Okay. Almost all of it under Biden. Now, in California, and you guys deserve what you get, I'm sorry, I love you. You know I love you in California. I love California. It's the most beautiful state in the union, I think. It's an unbelievable land of opportunity, or at least it used to be. $4.65 a gallon average, California. Why? Because they tax the hell out of everything you do, every move you make. And you know what's going to come in California soon? Odometer tax. So you'll have to send how many miles you drive to Sacramento, and you'll get a tax if you drive over a certain amount of miles. Coming. You wait and see. Heating bills, and this is according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. They work under Biden. Heating bills are going to be up 54% this winter. So you guys living in Wyoming and Idaho and Montana and the Dakotas, on and on, throughout the Midwest, Minnesota, Michigan, you look at your bill last February, and you add 54% to it. Okay, so you Minnesotans who love Joe Biden, you love him that much? Do you really love him that much? So that's coming, all right? And then we have the supply line shortages, which are not going to be healed anytime soon because Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, doesn't know what the deuce he's doing. He's only there because of his lifestyle. The only reason he's there. Doesn't know anything about transportation. Okay, so then you go to the border. And we all know that 2 million foreign nationals encountered U.S. authorities last fiscal year. 2 million. Another million, they just got in. Nobody knows where they are, but the Border Patrol couldn't stop them. So that's 3 million. It's an open border. Everybody knows it's an open border. So between 3,000 more migrants have gotten through the town of Tapachula, on the southern border in Mexico, okay? They are on the march to Mexico City. There they go. Three or 4,000 migrants on the way. Why are they going to Mexico City? Because they have to get an asylum card in order to go the rest of the way to the U.S. border. So they have to go to Mexico City where they get an asylum card, all right? Mexican authorities have already given out 90,000 asylum claims so far this year. 
and they'll give all of those people, they line up in Mexico City and they give them the asylum card like this. Then they can travel from Mexico City to um, Nuevo Laredo or wherever they're going. Okay? That's why they do it. Now, these three or 4,000 migrants, nobody knows for sure how many, they are doing this because they're going to get in. Somehow, they'll get in. Biden administration is not going to stop them. They know it. So why would they not come? And that's going to continue around the calendar. It's going to continue. Okay. But Joe doesn't have time to go down there. Check it out. He can't go. He's busy looking at Hurricane Ida or something. Come on. You know? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's go to COVID. So in two weeks, there will be a vax for kids ages 5 to 11. They're not going to vax kids younger than 5. So the vax will be there. Parents are going to get their kids vaxxed. Some will. Most won't. But there'll be some school districts, primarily in California and places like that, far left places, okay, that say, you don't get little Sammy or little Natalie vaccinated, you can't come to school. You're, you're going to see that. That's going to be there, some places. So that's going to cause another big row, uh, like we have now. So it's estimated about 30 million Americans not going to get the vaccine. Okay, it's not going to get it. I talked to one of them last night and I tried to talk him into getting vaccinated because if he gets COVID, he's going to die because he's got previous health problems. So he'll die. And I told him because he's my friend. So you're going to die if you get it. Oh, I'm not going to get it. Maybe you won't. I'm praying you won't. But if you don't get vaxxed and you get it, you'll die. So you may remember in my interview with Donald Trump, which we ran one week ago. And again, if you have not seen that interview, please go to BillOReilly.com and take a look. It's an important interview, and you'll see a far different Donald Trump than you see in some other venues. Anyway, you have heard the term gain of function. Gain of function is when you have a virus and you put it in a lab and you try to make a biological weapon out of the virus. That's gain of function. Why would they do that? Why would anybody do that? The scientists say they do it so they can find an antidote to the virus. So they make it into a biological weapon, then they try to find a vaccine or something to protect against it. That's why the research happens. Okay. In the Wuhan lab where the COVID virus came out of, they were doing that research, gain of function. But Dr. Anthony Fauci, still the main guy telling you about COVID, he denied that any American money was used to study gain of function for COVID. Flat out denied it. Now, Fauci is the head of a group that's allied with the National Institute of Health. He isn't the head of the National Institute of Health. You should not know that. He's the head of another group. But they're inside, under that umbrella, the National Institute of Health. And Fauci said, oh, no, 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 no. 
a, ma- a number of times. The National Institute of Health, we didn't have anything to do with funding gain of function with U.S. dollars. Here's what Fauci said in May. Go. I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. Okay, so he lied. Fauci lied. So he should be fired immediately. And I asked Trump why he didn't fire Fauci. That's an interesting part of that interview. But he lied. And how do we know he lied? Because Dr. Lawrence Tabak, T-A-B-A-K, said flat out in a letter, a written letter, that the NIH, National Institute of Health, did fund gain-of-function viral research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology through the U.S. research nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance. And the doctor said, Dr. Tabak said that Fauci was Wrong. Okay, wrong is an interesting word. Was he wrong or did he lie? Now, to me, if you're a big shot and Tabak knows, maybe this information came forward recently, but that's not what Dr. Tabak implied. Everybody knew that U.S. money, $7 million, went into Wuhan to do this. All right, and then... Tabak says Rand Paul was right. Roll him. What we're alleging is that gain-of-function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That is not... get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. That's what Fauci was doing. Or lying. Either way, he's gone, right? Right? In any kind of a competent administration... You say, thank you for your service, doctor, but I think we're going to go another way. You have to. But Biden won't. You keep him there. And CNN will keep him on the air. Okay. So why will CNN and MSNBC and all the other networks keep him on the air? Because they love Fauci. They love him. Because Fauci wants all the power in the COVID circumstance to be in the hands of the federal government, not the states, the feds. That's why they love him. Now, I'm going to run you three people on CNN who, when the Paul Fauci controversy broke out, immediately took Fauci's side. Go. Nothing brings out Senator Paul's propensity to act like an ass, like a congressional appearance by Fauci. And that is really saying something. I don't want to get into the details of what uh, Senator Paul was attacking there and and all that. But just the the bigger picture here as a a health professional, we keep seeing this. uh, Trump allies in Congress and governor's offices and the media trying to make Fauci a a COVID boogeyman. This is a 40-year public servant. He received the presidential Medal of Freedom. These GOP lawmakers' minds are made up, as they call for Fauci's resignation, thereby providing more content for GOP TV. Okay, so all th- those three people shouldn't be on, shouldn't be working any journalistic enterprise at all. They're not journalists. All they are is just 
propagandists, but I just thought I would show it. But there's no outcry from the press, of course, now that Fauci's been uncovered, exposed. Nah, you know, they don't even want to hear about it. Okay, let's go to the World Series. So as you may know, it's Atlanta Braves against Houston Astros. Okay, and everybody's rooting for Atlanta because Houston cheated a few years ago and nah, nah, nah. But Major League Baseball is embarrassed because they pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta because Georgia passed laws to tighten up its elections. And Major League Baseball, for some incredible reason, didn't like that. So they took the All-Star game out and moved it to Denver. But they can't take the World Series out, can they? No. So they have to go to Georgia and play the World Series. Now, no one's going to watch this World Series. It'll be the lowest rated World Series of all time. All right. Nobody's going to watch it. The games last for four hours. They change pitchers every 30 seconds. Nobody's going to watch it. I'm a big baseball guy. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I can go to the games in person, but I can't watch it on TV because the announcers got to they got to cover four hours. They had nothing to say. I mean, you you can't do it. But Manfred, the, the pinhead who moved the game, the All-Star game, now he's got the World Series in Atlanta. That's karma. The Braves aren't that good a team. I'm sorry. I love Freddie Freeman. And I, I'm actually rooting for Freddie to win the, the ring because he's a gr- great baseball player. But they're not good. But they got hot at the end. And that's karma. <laughs> so now Manfred's got to deal with the World Series being in Atlanta. I love it. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, Alec Baldwin. Um, Look, Alec Baldwin I think is misguided. I've known him for decades, a Long Island guy. I'm a Long Island guy. I've always gotten along with him. I, you know, he knows how I feel. I'm sure he feels I'm misguided too. But he didn't know that he had a loaded gun on that movie set in New Mexico. I, I mean, come on. It was a horrible, horrible thing that the director of photography on that film was shot dead. And Baldwin did it, but can you imagine the suffering of Baldwin? Now, there are people who are gloating about this, who hate Alec Baldwin because of his Trump situation and, and his politics. And I just, when I see that, I just shake my head. Look, there are people who have done terrible things to me. 
And every time I get a revenge thing in my mind, I banish it because that diminishes me. Now, if I can, I will hold, hold them to account before I die. I will. I'm not turning the other cheek like I should. But am I rooting for horror in their lives? I am not. So if you're having gleeful feelings about Alec Baldwin here, maybe you want to think that over. So uh, you know Holly the terror dog. Put Holly up there, okay? And uh, Holly demands that I do this next story. All right? She actually got up, which is shocking for a corgi, and uh, demanded that I do this next story. So this uh, was an Instagram thing. Roll that tape. I'm going to voice it over. So this is what they call tetherball, and they put a bunch of corgis around the tetherball to do whatever the corgis are doing. There you go. So uh, now millions of people are watching this on Instagram. This has no socially redeeming value whatsoever, but if I didn't put it on, then I get, I get problems with the terror dog who then I go out and she won't go and she's looking at me. You, you know what it is. It's going to rain here tomorrow. If I didn't put that on, the terror dog would go, you know, I'm not going out. <laughs> so I'm going to throw her out the window. So that's why I did it. <laughs> this day in history, 57 years ago, October 25th, 1964, um, Ed Sullivan put on a very controversial rock group. Rolling Stone's first American appearance on TV, and then afterward, Ed Sullivan was so outraged, he wrote this letter, put it up on a screen, to the Rolling Stone's management. We were deluged with mail, protesting the untidy appearance, clothes and hair of your Rolling Stones. Before even discussing the possibility of a contract, I would like to learn from you whether your young man have reformed in the matter of dress and shampoo. <laughs> and Sullivan Vowed never to put the stones on again, but he did. CBS made him do it four more times. And the Rolling Stones now, 57 years later, are touring the USA. All right, back with some mail and a final thought on why people, some people love wearing the masks. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, 
delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually. You're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, short mail segment today, all of it on our Joe Biden special, which was just for premium and concierge members on BillOReilly.com. Please become one. It will enhance your life. This is Andrea. What I want to know is why Republicans are not demanding a cognitive test for Joe Biden. They can demand whatever they want, Andrea, but Biden's not going to take any tests, and he doesn't have to. Uh, Eileen DeFalco, Flemington, New Jersey. The real Joe Biden special was excellent. I took copious notes, so I'm prepared now to discuss with anyone about what Mr. Biden is doing. Mike McGowan, Fox Island, Washington, just want to let you know, O'Reilly, how much I enjoyed your special on Biden. It was nonpartisan, gave a good overview of how the man's life journeyed through time. I think we gave the facts. Connie Benson, Hayward, California. Bill, you were precise, perspicacious, and profound. Wow, alliteration in your assessment of Joe Biden. And Jennifer Bowman, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I want to thank you and your staff for working so hard to put this program together. I love that you use the president's own words about his views on the border, drugs, and crime. So it was a big hit, and I hope you guys will watch it. Got to become premium members. It's worth it uh, because you get huge discounts on Christmas gifts in our store, and uh, that store is booming record sales because we'll get the stuff to you we throw up some of the stuff we have and we got uh look at those god bless america christmas ornaments regret your vote yet you get free stickers when you buy a bunch of stuff killing the mob huge gift killing the mob all right come a premium concierge member you get a free killing the mob or any other other of my killing books if you buy more than 100 dollars worth of gifts from billoreilly.com we give you this, this picture, all right? Uh, hand signed by me. There's the Terra dog. She's so much better looking than I am. <laughs> anyway, check out the store. Um, back in a moment with uh, face masks. So um, this weekend, I went up to uh, the central part of New York State, the Catskills, Rip Van Winkle territory. Beautiful autumn foliage, kind of cruised around, hadn't been up there in a while, all right? In the mountains, in the little towns, I didn't see many wearing face masks, okay? Everybody's having a good time, waving, apple picking, you know what they do in the autumn. Then I drove the car across the Hudson River to Rhinebeck, New York, an old hippie town. So uh, Rhinebeck, nice town. That's where Bard College is, the most radical left college in the United States. Makes Berkeley look like a um, Breitbart convention, all right? That's how left-wing Bard College is, funded by George Soros. Big-time funding there. So in the town of Rhinebeck, I walk around, and all the shops have mass mandatory, mass mandatory, whereas in... Outside of it, you don't have, it's no New York state mandate if you actually go anywhere, but not there. So I'm talking to a bunch of these old hippies. They're all way out there, left. I mean, what? And they, they, no, no, no. I'm protecting you. I'm protecting my family, whom I love so much. 
I, I, I'm so noble. That's why we all have to wear these masks, to be noble, to be virtuous, to do the right thing. I'm just looking at the sky going, well, if you're vaxxed, you know, you're not going to spread it or get it. Or, no, 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 you have to wear it. I saw people wearing a mask in cars alone. I guess they were not going to infect the radio. <laughs> That's what it is. Virtue signaling. Thank you for watching us tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.